It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council. Talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to watch our show and to subscribe to our show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. You can also check out the podcast free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss a single edition of the show. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where on Fridays I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions right here on the show. To participate in this week's edition of the Weekly Friday Mailbag, either at me or DM me over on Twitter, at Julian Council. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today to get started. Congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs, your Super Bowl 57 champions in a game that I actually was pretty excited to watch leading up to it. Last year with the Rams and Bengals, I love the story of Joe Burrow, love them back at LSU, thought the Bengals did a great job and were very fortunate to even get to the Super Bowl. It just did not kind of have, I don't know the panache that I was looking for. I felt like this year, out in Arizona especially, with the Eagles that were a great team all year long, and there's plenty of people saying, oh, who did they beat to get there? Y'all, what are we doing here, man? It's the NFL. It's never easy to win on Sundays, and they blew out the Giants and made it look like a college bowl game. The Eagles were a great team all year long. And then the Chiefs of Patrick Mahomes, who is the best quarterback in the NFL and is a joy to watch. I was excited about the matchup. I didn't spend too much time last week reading the headlines and watching TV shows and getting really all the breakdown. I was just waiting for the game on Sunday, and I thought it was an excellent game. I thought it was a great game. Is it the greatest game of all time? I have no idea. I know people love the prisoners of the moment after fantastic Super Bowls. The only thing about it was... While it was great, while Jalen Hurts went out there and balled out, and this is the second time this has happened to him where he was more than good enough for his team to go out there and to win the big game. I think back to the 2016 National Championship game where he had led Alabama on what looked like the game-winning touchdown drive before Deshaun Watson went down there and won it for Clemson. He was good enough in that game. Now the next year he gets benched by Tua, and that's kind of where his story arc kind of changes and leads to where he got to today, or I guess yesterday, two days ago, whatever it is. Now it's Tuesday. You guys are watching the show and listening to the show, but it led him to the moment where he's in Philadelphia and he's 
proven the doubters wrong, and he was an MVP candidate, and he had an excellent game throwing for over 300 yards, having three rushing touchdowns, another one through the air, and an excellent adjustment by A.J. Brown. He was awesome. Mahomes, who we've known for the last couple of games, has been playing on one leg, went out there and gutted it out and led his team down the field for the game-winning field goal, which is what people have been complaining about throughout the better part of Monday and since the game ended on Sunday evening. And I was there with you watching it live with the uh, holding call on James Bradbury, the former Carolina Panther. I was frustrated by it because in that moment, the last thing you want to see is a play like that happen. That then leads to Kansas City getting a chance to just basically kneel it out and then kick a field goal, leaving Philadelphia only eight seconds left, especially when the game was back and forth. was so exciting. You hate to see it. But y'all... We can't sit here and complain about officiating all the time. One of the headlines last week was Roger Goodell saying that officiating isn't a great place in the NFL. And I honestly don't know whether that's true or not. I really don't spend all that much time thinking about officiating and whether my team is getting screwed or not. Because here, as American sports fans nowadays, it feels like the three things that we love when it comes to sports is our team winning, our rivals losing, um, preferably in horrific fashion, which if you're a Giants, um, Commanders, and Cowboys fan, congratulations looking at the result with the Eagles on Sunday night. And then the third thing that we love is to complain about the refs at every turn. It seems like now in American sports from the youth level all the way up to the pros, no team ever loses because they're not good enough. It's always the officials that are screwing them over. NC State fans, I'm talking to you especially, but that's what it always feels like, that it's always the officials' fault that their team lost, even though the Eagles didn't have a sack all game long, and I believe the Chiefs capitalized on every single one of their possessions in the second half, basically played a perfect second half. So, yeah, that happened too, and they got the only defensive touchdown of the game, special teams, with that return by Kadarius Tony. Two big plays in that football game on Sunday. And James Bradbury himself said after the game that, yeah, I held him. It was a penalty. But yet, y'all are out here mad. And yes, you can be upset because it was anticlimactic and we didn't get this chance to see Jalen Hurts potentially lead the Eagles down the field for a game-tying or game-winning drive. That sucks, but if Bradbury's saying that he held him and other people out there who watch it are also saying he held him and it looked like he held him, then maybe he held him and it wasn't the officials that screwed the game and that the Eagles actually screwed themselves and should have played better. And if they had done that, then they would be Super Bowl winning champions. But instead, you know, we do our favorite thing. One of our favorite things, it's a bitch about the refs and be upset about how the Super Bowl ended. So there is that. And it's one of the things, too. Like, we can look at it with Carolina week one when the Panthers' offense did nothing for the first 35 or so minutes of that game before finally turning it on against the Cleveland Browns. And then they take the lead, and Jacoby Brissett and the Browns get in position to hit a 58-yard field goal, which Cade York didn't do that the rest of the year for the Browns, but it was set up by what I thought was a bad rough in the passer call. And then we also have what should have been an illegal spike in Jacoby Brissett that was not called. And a lot of Panther fans in that moment wanted to blame the officials, even though the defense could not stop the run all day and the offense was non-existent for the first two-thirds of the game on that Sunday. So, yeah, the call at the end of the Eagles game, unfortunate. Looks like that should have been the right call. James Bradbury said it was the right call. It just sucks that such a great game is somewhat clouded by what's now viewed as a controversial officiating 
decision. Let's not say error, but decision made late in that ball game. But that's not my main takeaway from the game on Sunday evening. My main takeaway is that when you look at the Panthers and where they are right now with the new coaching staff coming in and having some good foundational pieces, and then you look at the Eagles and what Nick Sirianni has been able to do the last two years, it feels like the Carolina Panthers aren't really that far away from actually being Super Bowl contenders in their own right. I'll explain that here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. When you're at your best, you can do great things, but sometimes life gets you bogged down. You may feel overwhelmed or like you're not showing up in the way that you want to. Working with a therapist can help you get closer to the best version of you because when you feel empowered, you're more prepared to take on everything life throws at you. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime with no additional charge. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. To close out that conversation about how the Super Bowl ended in the uh, holding call that was on James Bradbury, a part of me feels like y'all actually got what you wanted. You got a competitive game but then you got to complain about the NFL and officiating at the end of the day that you still were entertained, but you had something that you can complain about. And we love to have things to complain about as sports fans in this country. So maybe let's try to be a little bit better and not blame the officials at every turn. But I understand the frustration that many people have when it comes to officiating and right there in the spotlight, Super Bowl 57, it plays out again. Although James Bradbury said, yeah, guys, I held Juju. It was a penalty. Now, my main takeaway from Sunday and really the last two years in Philadelphia is that the Carolina Panthers are somewhat similar to where the Eagles were a couple years ago when Nick Sirianni took over there in Philadelphia. Nick, Nick Sirianni, did it, had anyone even heard of the guy when he was named the Eagles head coach? I certainly had, and I believe it was one of the later hirings as Doug Peterson and Howie Roseman, the general manager there in Philadelphia, kind of had a falling out and a power struggle, and Peterson lost that. He's now in Jacksonville winning the division his first year, working with Trevor Lawrence down there in Duval. So congrats to him, a former Super Bowl winning head coach who – had Frank Reich as his OC that year where they were able to prevail against Tom Brady with Nick Foles again, which is still magical. But we hadn't heard of Nick Sirianni back when he took over. And there was really not much expectation to what he was going to be able to do. In his first year, he takes a roster 
with a young quarterback in Jalen Hurts in his first year as a full-time starter and gets them to the playoffs. They got the doors beat off of them when they played against uh, – or blown off of them when they played against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady that year. But they got the playoff experience. They had veterans on that roster like Fletcher Cox had one before, Darius Slade had one before. And I guess not really because he came from Detroit. But they've had they have veterans on that roster, Jason Kelsey – um, Lane Johnson that were there before when they won the Super Bowl. Now, the Carolina Panthers don't necessarily have the veteran experience that the Eagles had when Sirianni took over. They didn't have the success because you look at this roster right now, the Panthers have a bunch of dudes outside of Austin Corbett that ain't never won nothing ever in the National Football League. So it's hard to say that next year they're going to be Super Bowl contenders when they have such a young roster that has not been able to have success in the NFL, but I look at the parallels where, okay, the Eagles had a young quarterback in Jalen Hurts. The Panthers are going to bring in a young quarterback, maybe C.J. Stroud, maybe Bryce Young, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson. We'll see how it plays out. But this upcoming season, I think their foundation is there that you can have enough pieces around a young quarterback where you're not asking them to do too much and you can be a playoff team, which Philadelphia was a year ago, losing in the Super Bowl, Super Wild Card weekend at Tampa Bay. The Eagles – all week long, people talk about how they have a great offensive line. Look at the old line the Carolina Panthers have right now. Iki Aquanu was excellent as a rookie. Brady Christensen, in his second year, first time as a full-time starter at left guard, was great all year long. At center, Bradley Bozeman, the Panthers need to re-sign him. He was great for them. Austin Corbett as well, right guard. And at right tackle, steady as always, Taylor Moten. The Panthers now have one of the best offensive lines in football. And they showed the ability to have a power run game and be able to lean on that and not to ask too much of your quarterback. Isn't that what Philadelphia did a lot last season during the 2021 stretch where they didn't went to the playoffs and lost to Tampa? And then when you look at the rushing attack this year, one of the most creative rushing games all season long in the NFL, them San Francisco, that offense that Sirianni's running, isn't that going to be very similar to the offense that Frank Reich's going to run here in Carolina? Well, it should be, considering that Sirianni worked underneath Frank Reich in Indianapolis as his OC before taking the head coaching job in Philadelphia and then having success there with some of the guys who were also on that same staff with Reich. He got a mobile quarterback. And when you look at the, some of the quarterbacks that are out here in the draft, every single one of them can move and it's pretty much a prerequisite at this point in time in the NFL to have a quarterback that can not just do it with their arm in the pocket but has to be able to do it with their legs and look at Patrick Mahomes and how special he's been since he's taken over and even last night or on Sunday night when he was banged up he was able to do it with his legs and Jalen Hurts obviously showed that throughout the entire season and especially in that Super Bowl contest against the Kansas City Chiefs. Whoever the Panthers draft, they're going to get the quarterback just like that who they can groom for two years. They have stars on this defense in Brian Burns, and I'm excited to see what Ajiro Averro can do. Um, Ajiro Averro, yeah, I got it right. Ajiro Averro. I, I, I hate the guy's name. <laughs> I can't pronounce his name with any consistency or confidence, but Ajiro Averro, I'm excited to see what he can do with these pieces like Brian Burns and J.C. Horn and potentially Shaq Thompson is here, but Frankie Luva, who was one of the stars of this defense this past year, and Jeremy Chen, I think I already said his name, but there's plenty of guys on this defense you look at and think that, man, this could be one of the best units in the NFL. And Jonathan Gannon produced one of the best units in the NFL this past year as the Eagles DC. I don't see why that can't be the case moving forward for Carolina. And we'll see 
if Averro sticks around and is here for multiple seasons or just one, and I would not be surprised to get a head coaching job next year. But again, he's a defensive guy, and it's, he's a minority as well, so it makes it difficult for him to get some of these head coaching jobs. But he's going to be in the head coaching cycle again the next season. But Jonathan Gannon, you've seen that. He was talking to the Houston Texans last year. He talked to him again this year. He's a finalist down there in Arizona. Having a strong staff was what the Eagles have, and the Panthers are building a strong staff. So young players are going to have a young quarterback who will be mobile, who's going to get an opportunity to come into a situation with DJ Moore with a strong running game, whether they keep Deontay Foreman or not, where he's not going to be asked to do everything. Get another wide receiver like the Eagles did when they traded for A.J. Brown this past offseason. Now, I don't know if the Panthers are going to do that and trade for a big play wide receiver like that, but you can draft someone, develop someone, maybe next offseason be in a position to do that. And looking at tight end, just get a pass-catching tight end. Get someone that you can utilize like a Dallas Goddard and have that connection for the young rookie quarterback this upcoming season and build on that foundation to where in 2024 – You could be in the same position the Philadelphia Eagles are in now. Now, yes, I understand the Eagles have have guys on that roster that won back in 2017. The Panthers do not have guys on the roster outside of Corbett that know what it takes to win a Super Bowl. But they do have coaches on the staff that have done that before. In particular, the guy who's the head coach now here in Carolina. So it might not be an apples-apples comparison. I just look at where the Philadelphia Eagles were two years ago and look at where they're now And did anyone see this coming, especially with Jalen Hurts, especially with Nick Sirianni, who was such an unknown to the the wide world of the NFL? No one knew who that guy was and whether he had the goods to get his team to be in position late in the fourth quarter in a Super Bowl to have a shot at hoisting the Lombardi Trophy where they were up by 10 at the half. I think Frank Wright can help that happen here in Carolina. And I think the pieces are here in Carolina for the Carolina Panthers to not be that far away from being a Super Bowl contender potentially in two seasons like when Sirianni took over for the Eagles a couple years ago. So we'll see if it happens. I don't think they're a contender this year. Never say never. But again, it's hard to see it considering these guys have not even tasted playoff success. But in 2024, it could certainly be on the table, especially if they get the quarterback higher right or the quarterback, I guess it technically is a higher, but the quarterback right and he developed in the right way and put enough pieces around him to where he, they're not asking him to do everything and he develops and is potentially one of the stars of a team that maybe can make some noise in 2024. Now, we always do this, the game asking, hey, what the Panthers can do next year to potentially be a Super Bowl team. I don't think they can be a Super Bowl team, but the Super Bowl odds have come out and they do kind of spell that Vegas thinks the Panthers might be one of the top contenders in the NFC South. And the Panthers are still in search of an OC. And I'm wondering where they're going to go with that. So we'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. But before we do that, this episode of Locked on Panthers is brought to you by Built Bar. Looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories and you got to try a Built Bar. We've gotten through the month of January. We're halfway through February and I need y'all to be like me. Stick to your New Year's resolution of eating healthier. But I know sometimes you don't want to compromise the taste. 
But man, you gotta try a Built Bar. Built Bars are healthy and actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious. You won't think they're good for you. Perfect for your New Year's resolution. Just your goal of being healthier this year. What makes Built Bar so good, you ask? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate on every single Built Bar. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is, again, they're healthy for you. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you no longer have to wait around to get a box for years. We've been talking about ordering a built bar at built.com. You can still do that, but now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today, watch the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of built bars. You can pick up a four bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're close to a Sam's Club and, of course, a member, you can run in and grab a 13 bar box with their hit flavors brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So unless the Carolina Panthers are able to get Patrick Mahomes or whoever they draft turns out to have an instant impact like Patrick Mahomes, I have a hard time seeing the Carolina Panthers being uh, Super Bowl contenders in 2023. I do think playoff contenders, division title contenders, being in a wild card round, whether it's as a division title winner or as just, you know, a team that's one of the wild card teams. I do think that's a realistic, tangible goal for the Carolina Panthers heading into this 2023 season with Frank Reich. Of course, there's plenty of work to be done. And Scott Fitterer is one of the main characters in this offseason that has to really excel at his job. Because he talked about it at exit interviews at the beginning of last month after the season was over, saying that, hey, we can be aggressive. We have our O-line. All those guys are under contract outside of Bozeman, who he mentioned is a top priority. We can be aggressive and go out there and get some of the skill talent because we already have that defense. And now you have one of the best defensive coordinators, one of the brightest ones in the NFL that's learned under Vic Fangio, that's learned under Dom Capers, which is the reason why the first ever Panthers head coach is now here in a senior defensive consultant role because he spent time with Averro back up in Green Bay and really believes that he is one of the young, bright stars in the coaching world, especially on the defensive side of the ball, but maybe future as a head coach in the NFL. The Panthers are in a position where they can be a playoff team next year as long as they check all the boxes and get it right this offseason. But I have faith in Frank Reich and in Scott Fitter that they can get it done. And then there's players on this roster like Burns, like Brown, that have really developed. And you know that they could have the goods when the season rolls around and when they start to play some meaningful games in December and in January. And I really think that the stretch with Steve Wilkes this last year and being in it, where you needed to beat Detroit, where you were in a game against Pittsburgh that you really needed to win, but you lost that, but you bounced back and had a great game after that, and that you went to Tampa Bay and you were in that game up 14-0. You were tasting the success, but also you had to go out there and you had to deal with the failure 
of not being able to win a game where you had to win it to keep your season alive and to be a playoff team, those are experiences that this team can learn from. That's the first time that really any of those guys have ever been in that position while they've been in Carolina as the Panthers still have one of the younger teams in the NFL. So I don't think this team is going to be a Super Bowl contender at all. But looking at FanDuel right now, when they put out Super Bowl odds, the Panthers are at uh, 5,500. They're plus, plus 5,500 to win the Super Bowl next year, which, hey, go ahead, get those odds. I'm sure uh, you can win a ton of money if you do put your money down on that. Now, looking at the rest of the division, Bucks are plus 7,500. Same with the Falcons. And the Saints are plus 3,500. So, seemingly, they're the favorites. I think a lot of that has to also deal with the potential of them bringing Derek Carr um, from Las Vegas, who, again, it was reported on Sunday, told the Raiders that, hey, I'm not going to allow you guys to get any assets um, by trading me because you don't value me, and you also treat me like dirt on the on the way out. So I just want to be cut. I'm going to go sign wherever I want, else wherever I want to go, and you guys get nothing out of it. It still feels like Derek Carr is likely going to land in New Orleans, and if that's the case, looking at it right now in the middle of February, the Saints would be the favorites to win a division. But we need to let the free agency period of it play out. We need to let, um, obviously, the draft play out. And then see how OTAs and minicamp and training camp go where there's going to be injuries and maybe players that emerge before really knowing who the real favorites are in the NFC South. But what that's pointing out to me, though, is there's an expectation that the Panthers are going to be a team that can compete for the division and can compete for a playoff spot as a wild card. The Bucks, the Saints, sorry, the Bucks and the Falcons, that's not the case. New Orleans and Carolina, that should be the case heading here into 2023. So that's what those FanDuel odds are telling me right now about the Carolina Panthers, and that really is just validating what I already feel in my heart and in my mind that the Panthers can be a team that can take that step forward in year one with Frank Reich as the head coach with what's shaping up to be one of the better coaching staffs in the NFL. Now, right now, looking at the coaching staff, there is a little bit of concern about who's going to be the OC. I talked about yesterday on the show that I think it's so important that they have Josh McCown as their quarterback coach. I have no idea how good of a quarterback coach Josh McCown actually is. But the leadership aspect, the fact that he's not that far removed from playing the game, and that the Texans wanted to be their freaking head coach if they would have been able to do it without it being a complete PR nightmare, that is an excellent hire for the Carolina Panthers. And a guy who has spent time not only as a backup, but as a mentor to some, to some young quarterbacks like Sam Darnold and like Carson Wentz. And yeah, those guys' careers may not have gone the way that you would have hoped when they were drafted, but they certainly weren't better off having Josh McCown in that quarterback room with them. And now you have Frank Reich, who's worked with quarterbacks and been able to have success going to the Super Bowl and who's played that position and has experience in that room as a quarterback and as a coach and, of course, as a play caller. So you have him, you have Josh McCown, then you're obviously going to need to add a veteran backup like a Brissett, maybe even the Sam Darnold who has a connection with Josh McCown, as I mentioned, dating back to the time in New York with the Jets. And then you bring in that rookie quarterback. Like That is a solid foundation that you want to have for that rookie who has to come in and they're going to have the weight of the world on their shoulders, but really that should not be the case because they have the foundation and they have the brand trust around them that should allow them to learn and grow in a comfortable environment that can be beneficial for them and, of course, for the organization moving forward. But also you need to figure out who the OC is going to be. And it's probably a good thing that Frank Reich went out and already got Josh McCallan as his quarterback coach because it might be a minute here 
before they go out there and actually hire an OC. As I mentioned on Thursday, the Carolina Panthers are in talks to talk to uh, Thomas Brown for a second interview, who's with the Rams. He's going to come here on Thursday, and they still have to interview another external minority candidate because the Rooney rules before they can even make a hire. And at this point in time, I don't know who that would be that would come in interview for the Carolina Panthers job. Maybe they talk to someone like Byron Leftwich, whose name has been attached to a couple other jobs out there, I think even on the college level. But looking at it, it feels like the top choice has always been Brian Johnson. But Shane Sykin flew to Indianapolis on Monday to go finalize the deal to be the Colts head coach. And as of this moment, at 5.56 on Monday afternoon or evening, I have not seen anything official about Shane Sykin taking the Colts job where he formerly was under Frank Reich. So we'll see what – I guess – was he there? Okay, whatever. But um, we'll see if that happens because if it does, Brian Johnson then gets elevated to the OC job there in Philadelphia. And we can talk about money, and that certainly had a lot to do with uh, Giro Vero coming here to Carolina. But I don't think money is going to talk in a situation with Brian Johnson who, again, played high school football for Jalen Hurts' dad and has been – one of the instrumental pieces in helping to develop Jalen Hurts again to the position where he was balling out on Sunday in that Super Bowl loss against the Kansas City Chiefs, he's not going to take this job. And is Petula going to take this job? Like who's going to take the job at this point in time? Because clearly Jim Bob Cooter is not the top candidate here in Carolina. That's not a big deal whether he is or not. I think he can come in and do a fine job. It's not going to be all on him. He might not even call the plays Anyways, and maybe that's a hang-up for some coaches that they want to come in, be the play caller, because as we've seen in scenarios like with Eric Bieniemy out in Kansas City, the fact that he's not called plays has been to his detriment as he's not been able to get a job as a head coach elsewhere, and that's part of the reason why he's interviewing for jobs like in Washington with the Commanders to potentially be their offensive coordinator so he can show that, hey, I actually am a smart guy and I actually know how to run an offense, and I'm someone that you should want to hire as your head coach. So maybe that's a hang up. I don't know if there's any reason to really be all that concerned right now about the Panthers having not kind of identified that OC and it looking like it's not going to be Brian Johnson from Philadelphia, but has you, you have to wonder who's it going to be at the end of the day. It's a process. It's going to play out. The Panthers still have plenty of other uh, coaching staff positions that they need to hire. Now, a lot of them are going to be on the offensive side of the ball. So no reason to sit here and be all that concerned about it, but you should, I guess, ask a legitimate question of who exactly the Panthers can be able to land because it does not look like their top choice is available at this point in time. All right, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, y'all, make sure to watch the show and subscribe to our show over on our Lockdown Panthers YouTube channel. You can also check us out wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. And follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council. We're on Friday. I'll be back to answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions, either at me or DM me if you'd like to participate in the weekly Friday mailbag on Locked on Panthers. In the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding, and I'll talk to you all on Wednesday. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 
your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.